The news on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham. Some of what we're seeing now as far as our work patterns, is this going to be here for the long term? And certainly Kate Fenske of Downtown Winnipeg Biz, who joins us now, will bring in our second guest, uh, Aaron DeGroote from uh, Cushman and Wakefield Stevenson in in a moment. But Kate Fenske, you're asking the question uh, a little bit more detailed uh, than we are right now as far as how many people are back to work downtown. Some months ago, you expected it would be more normal in September, but I gather that's not the case. Yeah, good afternoon, Richard and Julie. Um, you know, we did bring large employers together uh, for a conversation over uh, Zoom back in July. And a lot of them were planning to bring employees back, you know, really phased in approach, uh, definitely still taking the cautious approach. Uh, but looking at September and October, um, we think that has been delayed a little bit. But we have noticed uh, actually traffic pick up downtown, both in terms of pedestrians, cyclists uh, and vehicles as well. So so we're seeing a pickup, but it's definitely nowhere where it would have been or should be at this time of year our survey canada life 15 percent back nationwide including here manitoba public insurance about a third of their thousand employees are back downtown manitoba hydro only a fraction about 100 of their 2,000 employees are back you're asking those same questions what data can you share with us at this point yeah, we're working with Probe Research, who has a survey out in the field right now. It's about halfway through, and, and early indicators are showing um, right now about 20% of, of regular downtown workers are back full-time in the office, and another about 30% of them, so I guess that's about 50% total, they're doing a home office split. So we are seeing different approaches to making this work, whether it's a, a stage start time, um, or if it's maybe you work from home two days a week and you're in the office three days a week and really providing that flexibility, but also less contact, right? So I think that's something that we're all trying to figure out is how does that look going forward and how do businesses manage, um, especially for our downtown businesses where their primary customer base, you know, was tens of thousands of workers that would normally be down here. So we're we're seeing a lot of innovation um, and some of the businesses that have opened in the last six months, which I think that's great news. We've had several businesses um, open downtown in the last six months. Um, they're building in online components and things like that and trying to find ways to make things work. And I think the other big thing is really looking at what is our residential population downtown and how do we focus to continue to build that so it benefits all Winnipeggers. Kate, do you think that you'll be like those others that we've spoken to across various sectors? When we've spoken to them, they said, listen, um, we we can't really compare year over year anymore. We're going to have to start comparing pre versus post COVID. Do you think the numbers working downtown will ever return to post or pre COVID numbers? Or is this going to be a case like for you where you're going to say this was before 2020 and this is the new normal going forward? I think it's tough to say exactly what the future holds, but we are seeing indicators um, that people are starting to come back. And I think um, employers are trying to figure out what that looks like for them. We know there's definitely challenges um, around elevators. So it really depends what happens with the virus moving forward, when there's a vaccine, and, and figuring out how we live safely with this and taking the cautious approaches. I think one of the biggest challenges for um, businesses, they may be able to fully open and operate, uh, but if they can't operate at full capacity, for example, some restaurants right now, I think we're going to see some more challenges around the winter. So that's one thing that the down 
around San Winnipeg Biz is definitely trying to figure out is how can we support businesses? Um, you know, it's great when we can be outside and enjoy the nice weather, but it's going to be more challenging in the winter. And the other thing, too, is just showing how really a lot of those small independent businesses, their top priorities are their safety, their customers and their staff. So showing that the downtown businesses with our Open With Care campaign are following the protocols and how are we doing this safely? What does that look like? I think, you know, when we look at the stats that we're coming in with that, you know, 50% uh, right now are either fully back to work downtown or partially, I think it is stuff that we have to look at in terms of what the future looks like. And I know you have uh, Cushman Wakefield coming on. They've developed a really, really great program for the six foot office space um, and finding ways to do things differently with elevators or start times. Because I think one of the most important things, and I notice it with our team here, we're, we're back fully in the office, we're working on the streets. It really is that mentorship too that is so key. I was chatting with a law firm um, and if you're not in the office regularly, how is that mentorship of new and young employees going to happen? How is that networking and those brainstorming and those ideas coming? So I don't think we're ever going to go back to exactly the way it was. I think it's going to be different. We just have to figure out together as a community what that looks like going forward. Let's bring on Aaron DeGroote from uh, Cush, Cushman Wakefield Stevenson, their president. Aaron, pick up on what Kate has been saying here. Uh, what is the new normal now and what do you think this is going to look like longer term? Yeah, I, I echo a lot of what uh, Kate is saying. Um, longer term, I believe we're going to move to more of a uh, workplace ecosystem. So, um, you know, as as people start coming back into the office, they're going to realize what they were missing uh, in terms of the human interaction and the creativity and collaboration that goes along with that, as well as a positive uh, corporate culture. Uh, but uh, there's going to be a segment, we believe, uh, of of the workforce that is going to continue to work remotely and be part of uh, one of three places where people do business, uh, one being at home, two, maybe at your local coffee shop, and then three at the office space uh, for that creativity collaboration uh, magic that, that happens in most offices. So what is the workplace ecosystem and, and how is that different from, say, the traditional setting that most of us are used to? Yeah, I mean, uh, the document that Cushman and Wakefield has put out as part of the six feet office uh, package um, has just been updated with uh, the workplace ecosystem uh, added to it. You can read it on our website. Um, what it is essentially is uh, we're not looking at the office anymore as the sole place to go and do your job and do business. It's part of uh, the place to go and do your business. Um, like I said, the home and the uh, third place, whether that's, like I say, a coffee shop or uh, uh, somewhere out and about, um, that it's it's going to be more of a, a shared uh, space type of workplace. So what does that mean for the future of, of office space? Because we, we saw that there was the signs up before. Now, all of a sudden, employers may be saying, listen, I can, I can shrink my footprint as more people work from home. Are we going to see a glut of that on the market, do you think? Yeah, well, the good news is that was really the emerging trend uh, before we moved into the pandemic uh, uh, world is that office users were shrinking their uh, their footprint and becoming a lot more dense in terms of the square footage per person. Uh, so many, uh, if you look at True North Square and the, uh, the main tenants that moved in there, I know that was a big part of the planning was reducing that uh, footprint. 
Uh, now, uh, with the pandemic consideration, we have to make sure that we're spacing people, which is the exact opposite of where the market was going pre-pandemic. So, um, you know, in a perfect world, it'll be a wash where the smaller space that the tenants have moved into um, can can stay, you know, at the square footage that it's at, but less people coming into the office at any given time with uh, staggered start times uh, and uh, simply using the office for those collaboration type pieces. With Kate Fenske of Downtown Winnipeg Biz, Aaron DeGroote of Cushman, Wakefield Stevenson, Richard and Julie with you at 445 on 680 CJOB. Two more minutes with our guests. Some uh, quick uh, fire questions and, and answers here. Aaron DeGroote, how long does this last? Several months or are we well into next year? I believe it'll be well into next year. Uh, we're seeing the uh, the wave of COVID, uh, you know, whether this is the first wave or the second wave, still, uh, it's still here. Uh, and, uh, you know, I believe it's going to be here. Even if a vaccine is created tomorrow, uh, it's going to take a, a long time for enough of the population vaccinated that we can stop worrying about it. So I think this is uh, going to be the reality well into next year. And do you think, Aaron, that also office space will change to, say, not have so many cubicles, but as you say, perhaps have a more relaxed uh, collaboration space, if you will, as people come in and, and have those meetings face-to-face and, and get-togethers as more of a social atmosphere as opposed to a, a hard, you know, hard and fast work atmosphere? Yeah, absolutely. Um, completely see the uh, the market trending in that direction. Elsewhere in the world, we're so lucky with Cushman and Wakefield to be plugged into a global network where we can actually see that happening in uh, in parts of Asia and Europe uh, where, where Cushman has an office. Uh, the office space is being used less and less for that workstation cubicle type of uh, environment and being used more for um, uh, brainstorming and collaboration. And that's where the real creativity happens. I just don't think you can get that same amount of creativity and collaboration uh, via WebEx or via Zoom uh, over the internet. Agreed. Kate Fenske, do you fear that more downtown businesses, uh, we celebrate the openings, but will close permanently as a result? Well, Richard, you know, I'm always the optimist. So I'm going to say, realistically, I mean, absolutely, that could happen. But I think when we see what is happening, um, there's a real focus in Winnipeg to help support local, small, independent businesses in our city. Um, And we do do know from the research that um, urban centers are facing a slower recovery um, than others in in other parts of the province and even other parts of Winnipeg. So I think it's really important to to support local right now. Um, We're seeing that, you know, 70% of every dollar you spend locally stays in the community. So that's really important. And I think if I take, you know, just Friday night as any indicator, um, we had mini fest on Broadway instead of many fest. So it was a smaller version of, um, and they had one of their busiest Friday nights at Capitol Grill. Um, everyone was still safe, physically distanced. But when you bring back a fried chicken sandwich, sometimes that'll get you downtown. So it's really focusing on those unique experiences uh, and celebrating what we do have here. I think that's going to be important going forward. The news on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham. Focusing today on the future of your work within our new normal here in the pandemic. In a few minutes, we'll bring in Patrick O'Reilly, who is a leadership coach and HR expert. Let's begin with Manitoba's Minister of Central Services. He's also responsible for the civil service. Reg Elwert joins us on 680 CJOB. Mr. Minister, thank you for joining us and good evening to you. 
Good evening. Thanks for the opportunity. You know, we were speaking with and, and divulging some of the numbers of our Crown Corporations downtown. For example, Manitoba Public Insurance, normally there'd be about a thousand employees there. They're about a third at capacity at about 300 with the rest working at home. Uh, Manitoba Hydro, for example, about 2,000 people there. Around 100 are actually working in the office. When you look at government right now, how many people are are working from home? Do you have a sense of how many people that is? We do. Uh, We do keep track of it. Right now, we have about 2,900 people working from home regularly. We were at a maximum of of just over 5,000, 5,350 at the, the peak of it. So it's still a good chunk that are working from home. Um, and I guess that's going to be normal for for a while yet. It looks like it, and at least until we get a vaccine. But even then, we'll see, uh, you know, we have found that some employees work very, very well from home. Others struggle. Uh, and But I think as we move through this, as we listen to Dr. Rusin, if you're ill, if you're sick, you're not feeling well, you have to be able to stay home and we have to work with our managers to make sure they can enable that as well. Mr. Minister, do you ever foresee a time where that working from home is a viable option for government? We've really seen some traditional roles shifting, even as I sit right here at home in my own master bedroom broadcasting. It's not something that Richard and I ever thought would happen and particularly government is seen as you go into the office and are you saying at some point it may be optional how people decide where they want to work i don't know if i'd say it's it's optional but we'll certainly look at the various areas of it and how people perform their their jobs and if some of them work best from home that uh, is something that this pandemic has forced us to look at and i think it's a tremendous opportunity to kind of reinvent the civil service in a little way and say, this is working really well. Uh, This needs some help. Uh, Maybe you need to work from home four days a week, two days a week, Uh, those types of things. And those are all the types of environments that we're trying to examine. Not many of our buildings uh, work all that well with people working from home. Look at the legislature. It's it's all about offices, but... uh, you know, we have to examine all of those spaces. Well, pre-COVID times, you were already looking at civil service renewal. And during COVID times, this has really, you know, forced you to look at doing things a whole lot differently when it comes to connectivity. But one of the things about government, though, Minister, has been this whole notion that you have to show up and you have to be there at a certain time and and do the work and be supervised. Now you've got remote supervision, and if you are a go-getter and work well as a self-starter, now you're measuring outputs. You're not necessarily measuring when the work does gets done. It's 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 whether the work gets done, and that's I, I would put to you a, a little bit different for a civil service for for government in general. Oh, absolutely, and and anecdotally, I mean the in the. Uh discussion that I was getting from the public uh, through the early part of the pandemic is they they felt that the civil service was responding faster than normal. And they were very happy with uh, the reactions that they were getting from people. So if that's an opportunity for us to make the world better for our civil servants and for Manitobans in general, then, then it's something obviously we're going to look at. But we'll examine that as we move through it. 
we've had to put a lot of technology into play with uh, virtual, virtual private networks and other software that enables this and support of all the computers that we have out there now. Oh, so. absolutely. But it also shows us that people want more of those mobile services. They want to be able to get government on an app or on a laptop as opposed to necessarily showing up in person. So this is a real opportunity to do a lot more remotely in government and to um, really bring government into a modern age now when it comes to doing what we do, not necessarily by filling out a form, but by actually going online and doing it that way. That will be an opportunity, and it is already in several areas. What people all often don't see is when you fill out that form, the thought is that the computer goes and fills out all the spaces that you're actually asking <laughs> for. But uh, in, in reality, it's people that do that. Just like if you order something from Amazon, it might be robots, but more likely somebody is going into a warehouse and picking that uh, product that you ordered. So there's people that make this successful. Appreciate the time, Minister. Thanks so very much. Thanks for your time. Reg Elwer is Manitoba's Minister of Central Seas, responsible for the civil service. Joining us is also Patrick O'Reilly. He's a leadership coaching and HR expert. Good evening. Thanks for joining us, Patrick. Oh, happy to be here. Thanks, Julie. Patrick, is it something that not just government, but private business should be doing, and that is talking to their employees, saying, how is working from home working for you do you like it better do you need more resources do you prefer to be in the office because at the end of the day we are seeing a lot of sectors that never would have entertained working from home before and it could make for happier potentially employees yeah i think um you know you've really hit the nail on the head when you said we need to talk to those employees leaders in these organizations need to talk to folks because one of the things I'm worried about is is we tend to be looking at these things as should people be at work or should people be able to work from home or, or have that flexibility. And really the answer often comes down to the individual employee and the role that they need to perform. And as the minister was saying, there's some jobs that work well from home and others that don't. There's also some people who work well from home and others who don't. And so, you know, we see some large companies like Shopify based in Ottawa. I think it's Canada's largest company now. And they've pretty much said they're going to rid themselves of their office spaces because they're finding it works really well for their folks to work from home. Now they're in a digital space, so it does work well that way. But I think we have to be careful that there are um, a lot of intangibles that can be lost when people are working from home, that not just intangibles for the organizations, but intangibles for the employee too, that need to be considered. And, and I think it's the role for leaders and organizations to help employees make sure they're considering those things, like the connections that you have at work and the, you know, the um, positive feeling it gives you having social interaction with people at work, um, the opportunity to have an influence in decisions, the opportunity to feel that you're making a real difference by participating in some of those conversations. Some of those things start to drift away a little bit when you're working from home. And so for the first six months, it may have seemed uh, a novelty. It may have seemed really enjoyable. I know for some people it seemed really horrible as well. Um, but we have to be careful that that's, that's sort of the short-term win, and we need to look a little longer term. And I think that involves uh, being flexible with employees. So maybe you're in a couple days a week, other days you're at home. Maybe some employees are in more often, some employees are in less often. 
but it also means managers and leaders need to be mentoring those employees to help them um, change the way they work. And I don't just mean, you know, how often they're at their desk or what hours they're at their desk, which, you know, as Richard made the point with the minister, that's, that's a really important shift that we stop measuring time in your chair and measure actually what you're uh, performing and what output you're creating. But I think it's also important to coach employees around the ideas of um, how do you make sure you're still engaged in the work life? How do you make sure you're still an active part of that team that you're on? How do you, um, how do you manage your own career when you're not seen anymore in the workplace? There's a lot of questions. Uh, there definitely are a lot of questions, but do you think that the pandemic has really opened the eyes of, of more employers? And, and, and I include government in that, in that work doesn't have to be in that traditional chained to a desk type way, because I know Richard and I have had lots of conversations and done lots of interviews uh, about millennials before that. And, you know, businesses would tell us, well, they're, it's so surprising. They, they want to do all this stuff. They want to work remotely. They don't want to be in the office 24 seven, all of this. And then all of a sudden we're doing that. And I think it's, it's opened the eyes of employers a lot more to saying, Oh, there isn't just one way to do this. And it isn't necessarily just a millennial thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I'm not sure who said it, but out of every major crisis, some good will arrive. And that may be one of the good things that comes out of this pandemic is that we've shifted our thinking about work, that employers are approaching work differently and engaging employees differently. And we're creating more balance, I suppose you could say. Um, I know some folks working from home are finding that their work-life balance is out of balance now because they feel like they're living at the office rather than working from home. Um, but others are finding that they've got a lot more flexibility if the employer is comfortable with that. So maybe they put in a few hours in the morning and a few hours at night and they have time in the day to do other things. So um, yeah, I think it's not just millennials who appreciate that, especially now that people have had a taste of it. And it definitely came about because it had to. Um, and, you know, as the minister alluded to, there's that's a big investment. There's been a big investment by a lot of employers in equipment and, and how we do things and security around information and that sort of stuff. But it happened faster and, and um, it happened at all, probably because of the pandemic. And, and that might be a very good thing. We may see an entirely different way of working. I think we're already seeing that. And and frankly, I, I don't think that's going to go away after Patrick you know, once we have a vaccine or something. We appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Richard and Julie with you. The progress. The news on CJOB with Richard Cloutier and Julie Buckingham.